The meek are inheriting the earth. This is the soapbox for the week of November 15th, 2020. Now, the Bible talks of the meek inheriting the earth, and at this point in time, it's about half right based on actual definitions. See, the literal definition of meek is, quote, easily imposed on or submissive, end quote. And that certainly describes about half or maybe even 60% of our society by all accounts. We have willfully and in many cases gleefully covered up our faces, stayed indoors and accepted, if not embraced, totally unreasonable restrictions upon our lives, merely because we've been told by the almighty experts to do so. That's a form of the meeks. It's been horrifying to watch. What has been more horrifying has been the lack of evolution. After nearly a pregnancy, too many Americans are moronically and systemically, or is it systematically? I think I mean systematically, showing that they will blindly follow and obey whomever presents themselves as a symbol of authority. Look, it was one thing in March to accept that health officials, doctors, scientists, and even our political leaders actually had our best interests in mind. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, we need to flatten the curve. We need to let hospitals prepare. Two weeks, sure. Oh, four weeks? Okay. But that motivation is provably untrue now and easily seen to anyone with the ability to critically think. But sadly, it's that lemming portion of America, the meeks, that is dictating and driving the nation because as a populist, they rule. The scared, the timid, the meek, and pathetic amongst us are winning the day when it comes to public policy on both sides of the political aisle. There are enough of them to motivate and embolden decision makers in a direction that will ultimately kill so many more and destroy so many lives as a result of our policies, not COVID, all of which will come out years down the road and we'll get a big oopsie in the form of books and other things. Hope we don't do that again in another hundred years when the next pandemic hits. See, in a normal world, we will be telling the scared, the sick, and the vulnerable to stay home, while the rest of us plowed ahead and kept the nation moving. In fact, that's what we would have said back in March. But we're not normal. Instead, we say the opposite. Which, actually, when you think about it, isn't abnormal, it's just abnormal for America. We've simply, as a nation, become as lame as everyone else. There are some nations, like Sweden, Indonesia, Malawi, Brazil, which is an interesting one because their citizens have essentially refused to lock down even though they've been ordered to. Brazilians are acting more American than Americans are, but we'll discuss that another day. Those countries have avoided lockdowns entirely. And for the past eight months, any time one of those nations experienced a massive surge of COVID, <laughs> they were the subject of endless and ridiculing cataclysmic headlines about how their refusal to lock down caused them to kill countless citizens. Of course, now, as those of us who have the ability to look rationally at data see, we recognize that lockdowns and masks and other draconian measures make absolutely no difference whatsoever. The virus is going to virus. COVID-19 is raging across the globe. It doesn't matter what mitigation efforts any society makes other than literally hiding like island nations have done, New Zealand, Australia to a lesser extent, or completely and entirely giving up all of your personal freedoms like most 
people in Asia are willing to do. Singapore, Thailand, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong, etc. Some people don't have a choice in those countries. But others, like in South Korea, they, they willfully say, yes, government, follow me wherever I go, contact, trace me, read my phone, read my emails. That's the only way countries are avoiding the plague of COVID. They're hiding from it while the, the rest of the world kind of spreads it. And yet, we moronically embrace the idea of continuing with this notion that the virus will magically disappear. We are, as a nation collectively, a child cowering in the closet, hiding from the boogeyman, praying that he'll be gone when we open our eyes. Pitiful isn't a strong enough word to describe what we've become. And the fact that the rest of us who don't feel that way have allowed this attitude to be the driving decision maker and or that we are incapable or unwilling to overturn it is equally as contemptible. We're all to blame here. Don't hold yourself up because you're a COVID idiot as being some champion of freedom because we've all screwed the pooch on this one. Just today, Sunday, November 15th, the day after my dad's birthday, Dr. Michael Osterholm, who has been absolutely spot on and unrelenting with his predictions, although he's been completely wrong with all of his proposed solutions, announced that he expects 150,000 more Americans to die from COVID-19 in just the next two months, which will bring us to about 400,000. Half of us, including Mike Rowe and me, read that and say, and... By the way, I don't actually speak for Mike Rowe. I'm just saying that, you know, back in June... He adopted the we have to live with the virus idea and we're probably going to lose 500,000 Americans with this all done, but we still got to live. <clears throat> that was for the lawyers. Look, the virus is real and it is deadly. We all get it. As long as the virus thrives, which it will, unless and until we create and administer a vaccine or get herd immunity if that's possible, it will continue to decimate the elderly and the vulnerable. But the implication that we should shut down the nation yet again and hide from the virus, only to have it ravage us again in four to six weeks when we reemerge, is ludicrous and unacceptable to a growing number of us. The truth is that according to the CDC, and yes, you have to make the leap, that the statistics, the numbers of COVID deaths are legit, which that'll be another thing we learn way down the road, years from now, auto accidents, DUIs, alcohol poisoning, things like that being classified as as COVID deaths, that won't be fixed until later. And it might be as high as 25%. But for now, let's just go with what the CDC says. Because it's actually pretty positive. People between 0 and 19 years old have a 99.997% chance of survival if they contract COVID-19. The age group of 20 to 49-year-olds, a 99.98% chance of survival. 50 to 69 years old, you're going to survive at a 99.5% rate. All right, you get to 70 and older, 94.5% chance. That's not so good when you actually do the numbers. But seriously, let's take the 50 to 69-year-olds. You've got a 99.5% chance of surviving if you get COVID. And by the way, surviving doesn't mean that you're going to spend three weeks on a ventilator and then come out of it. If I came to you and I gave you a 99.5% chance of success with a bet or an investment. And the alternative to not taking me up on my offer was that you had to give up a year of your life. How many of you would say no? Only the loserest amongst you would. And yes, that's a word now. 
Which brings us to the other meeks inheriting the earth. We have empowered and emboldened people who have never felt that way in their lives. And they are not letting go of this newfound ability to control people easily. And it isn't just politicians. In fact, it's lazy and lame to simply blame politicians. But we'll start with them. With few exceptions, American politicians are nerdy dorks who come from affluent backgrounds that went to Harvard and Yale for one reason, to get a law degree they had no intention of ever using, and then get elected to public office. The reason, by the way, they all become lawyers is so that they know how to use the law to enrich themselves while, quote-unquote, serving the public. After all, they literally write the laws. So it makes sense. Look at the panoply of your elected officials. They're all almost the same. Losers whose heads were dunked into toilets in high school when they weren't locked in their lockers. They're wildly unattractive, too, by the way, which is not said to be funny or hurtful. It's said to reinforce how miserable their lives were before they became leaders, which is why they became leaders. They needed to find a way to capture some sort of power and control over others, especially those who had tortured them their entire lives. And now we've shown them that they have even more power and control over us than they ever dreamed. And look, the exceptions to that caricature, those who have been elected to public office as veterans or doctors or self-made business successes are both rare and just not in positions of enough influence within our system. Even President Trump, if you want to describe him as a self-made businessman, defied his own instincts when the pandemic began and he handed over his power to the experts. Which brings us to their enablers, other than we the people, of course, who are truly higher than a kite right now with the euphoria of power that they have no intention of relinquishing. This group is made up entirely of people who never mattered, sociologically speaking. They've always been awkward, outcasts, nerds, dorks, and losers. Now, truth be told, that's not fair, but it is society. When you're super smart and you're not athletic and you're bad at socializing with others, you're essentially branded as a pariah. And yet, those individuals do find a way to adapt and overcome and they leave perfectly happy lives. Oftentimes, they actually earn more than the rest of us. They find like-minded losers to fall in love with and they congregate with fellow dorks and they lead a very content life. But the one thing they rarely ever achieve outside of their circle is unyielding power and control over others. And now we have made doctors and scientists and other experts the most powerful people on the planet, while simultaneously forgetting that half of them were C-minus students and don't know shit, relatively speaking. And we've elevated the worst of the doctors and scientists. You see, the actual good ones are too busy truly saving lives and creating and finding cures to things to be involved in public policy. The worst doctors and scientists are the ones who don't actually practice their craft. Rather, they use their degree to become things like health secretaries or the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, for example. Dr. Fauci, Michael Osterholm, and every other epidemiologist you've seen on your screen over the last many months have spent their entire lives preparing for and being terrified of a pandemic. Fauci himself told 60 Minutes in 2016 that his greatest fear was a pandemic identical to what we're experiencing now. In fact, if you spend some time looking at Fauci's career, 
you find very easily that he has spent his lifetime being paranoid, preparing for, and almost wishing for exactly what is happening to the world today. Got a bunch of links, by the way, at radradio.com on the written soapbox if you want to do that. Which, by the way, none of what I just said about Fauci is to suggest that it's a bad thing. We need paranoid people at times. Almost all of us grew up with overprotective mothers, although very few of us would advise that they should be making decisions for billions of people on the planet. And yet, that's the reality we have created. We've allowed people who expect to get hit by a bus every time they leave their homes to be in charge of public transportation. We've made the people afraid to fly the ones who are guiding the airline industry. Or more poignantly, we've made hypochondriacs the stewards of public health. When you ask the people who have spent their lifetimes being afraid of germs to make policy on germs, you're going to get hysterical and terrifying suggestions. And that is not surprising in and of itself. We make that mistake all the time throughout human history. If you ask a battle-tested general about unrest somewhere in the world, he is almost always going to advise a massive and unrelenting military show of force. That's quite literally why America is designed to have a civilian as the commander-in-chief. It's the president's role, not that they all do it well, to offer the calming, cooling perspective and make the ultimate decision as opposed to people who have spent their lifetimes preparing for and going to war. The issue in 2020 is that we have, collectively, relinquished all of our freedoms to these nerds afraid of germs. And after eight months of seeing that we will gleefully do things that a year ago were unthinkable, simply because they tell us to, they are drunk on their power. Think about what they've gotten us to do. And with little to no resistance. We've become a nation of work-from-homers. We've destroyed our children's childhoods. We've covered our faces. We've stopped going to concerts, bars, sporting events, and amusement parks. And we continue to accept and do these things even after almost a year of evidence that shows nothing, absolutely nothing, will stop the virus from spreading, other than what we're willing to do, a lack of living. Lockdowns don't work. In fact, we see more and more that they do more harm. And yet, we allow them to happen. Now, none of that is the nerd's fault. It's human nature. Think of the first time in your life, if you can remember it, that you realized or recognized that you actually had power over someone. It was exhilarating. If you're a big brother, right, or a big sister, you know exactly when that first moment was. Almost all of us have a degree of it in life, whether it be as a parent or the dominant partner in a relationship. Some of us gain more of that power by becoming bosses or leaders of some kind, but those of us who are well-adjusted learn to wield that power rarely and skillfully. We're not dealing with those types of people. We're dealing with individuals who have spent their entire adult lives, doctors specifically, trying to tell others what they should do better and almost never being listened to. That's almost quite literally the description of a doctor's professional life. But now the world is listening and obeying. They are the new kingmakers, and they are not letting go. And that's why Dr. Fauci says things like, we'll see normal in America at the end of 2021. That's a quote. Look it up. It's also posted at the soapbox. 
Whether wittingly or subconsciously, Fauci and others like him know that by the end of 2021, they will have altered the state of the union for two full years in such a dramatic way that we will forever abide by the almighty expert. If we remain collectively willing to give up two years of our lives as Americans, we will have relinquished what was left of our actual freedom to people who allegedly know more than us, or put a better way, people who know better than we do how to live our own lives. Now there is a glimmer of hope, I grant you. New surveys show that less than half of Americans will abide by a return to lockdowns. While the government can punish businesses all they want, keep them closed, make our places to go less and less, they can't and won't stop us from socializing, which is why 40% of people are willing to admit out loud to pollsters that they'll be celebrating the holidays with groups of more than 10 people from outside of their home. And if two out of every five people are willing to say that to a stranger in this environment, we know the actual number is much higher. The bad news about that is that it is infuriating to the meek. How dare we not do what we're told by our political leaders and or those who are so much smarter than we. And you see them getting desperate as various politicians tell us to cancel Thanksgiving entirely or don't travel across state lines. And if you do, you better quarantine for 14 days. In Christ, the governor of Minnesota told people to not talk loudly. These are all real things. The question before us is how many meeks fall in line and actually give a shit about these totally meaningless and totally unenforceable advisories. If more and more Americans proclaim with their actions that they are making the informed decision to live with the virus and accept the possible consequences, it will truly send the powerful and the control-hungry losers that are currently making policy totally insane. They will ridicule and scold and threaten us, but in the end, we'll be the ones actually living while they're dying inside. Although, no doubt, if they do actually perish, they'll be counted as a COVID death. 